Hi everyone, this is Janice, your neighborhood nutritionist. I've spent the last couple of years helping busy office professionals upgrade their health through upgrading their nutrition. And one thing was very obvious. Nobody's got time to read up on all the scientific stuff to know fact from fiction. So each week, I will talk to you about a different topic or concept in nutrition in simple, everyday terms, so you are empowered to make the best nutritional decisions. Get ready to learn about some new stuff, gain new insights into old concepts, and super boost your health. Hey everyone, so today I've got the pleasure of speaking with Jamie Pertle, a certified health coach. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on my podcast today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So I think we briefly had a catch up before and we want to focus on the topic of inflammation today. Um, Perhaps you would like to tell us how you got into nutrition. Oh, absolutely. Um, I really got into nutrition based on some bad habits that started early on. Um, Growing up in the southern part of the U.S., you tend to eat a lot of fried foods, gravy, biscuits, homemade desserts, (laughs) and you drink a lot of sweet tea with very few vegetables. It was just kind of our way of life. Um, And then as a teen, I started picking up packaged junk food. Um, For instance, I would have Pop-Tarts for breakfast with, and then maybe a Dr. Pepper and Snickers for lunch. And this just really set a bad foundation for my health. And my dad even passed away when I was 10 at age 47 from a heart attack. But I, for some reason, still didn't tie all this together. And what happened was probably due to his eating habits. And so during my 20s, um, my body was literally on fire with inflammation. And that's Mm. when the, the, the downhill spiral kind of started. Um, I guess I was, I was diagnosed with high cholesterol, arthritis, even got the diagnosis of lupus. I had my gallbladder removed at 28. I had a miscarriage. I found out I had endometriosis. And finally, after having my daughter, which was such a blessing, I had to have a full Mm. hysterectomy at age 30. Wow. Just a lot going on. (laughs) And is that how you decided to really focus on this one area? Yes, it, it happened after there were there was a breaking point. I actually went on a cruise. And, you know, when you're on those cruises, you have all the food you want all day long. And mm-hmm. basically ate myself sick. And when I got home uh, from that cruise, I was so sick, I couldn't even go back to work the next week. I had to take another week off. And I decided I had to do something. And I started dabbling in nutrition. By this time, I was 45 pounds overweight. I started dabbling in it, lost a little bit of weight, then actually got a thyroid cancer diagnosis. And that was probably the ultimate breaking point when I said I have Mm. to do something. And inflammation is actually a term that I think most of us would have heard of um, and probably quite familiar with. But what is inflammation, actually? Well, you know, inflammation in the short term can be a good thing. For instance, it helps our body heal. If 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 you cut your finger, um, it may swell up, turn red, have some throbbing and pain in it. Mm-hmm. That's your body's way of sending inflammation there and healing that cut, and and that's good. But when it goes wrong is when time goes on too long, and we develop this dangerous chronic inflammation that's 
I call it an internal fire in your body that's literally mm -hmm. burning up your organs. Mm. And apart from, you know, the health issues that you mentioned, what might be some other, you know, pains or aches or problems that people might be experiencing, but not necessarily realize it's brought about by inflammation? They may be seeing um, definitely joint pain, um, soreness in their hips, brain fog or memory loss is a common complaint mm. that a lot of people attribute, unfortunately, to just getting older. But a lot of times it's inflammation, um, darkening and thickening of the skin, such as under your eyes, maybe um, shortness of breath, definitely heart problems because this chronic inflammation leads to a thickening of the blood and starts mm -hmm. causing problems like high blood pressure. Um, I've even, you know, it seems to me I've seen more uh, people I know personally having strokes. I think that's related okay. to inflammation, um, trouble sleeping, and just that, you know, just that overall you feel run down and just don't feel well. I'm sure those, um, I guess we could call them symptoms, are quite commonly experienced, actually. And a lot of people may be attributing that to fatigue or, you know, stress instead of something that's happening much deeper inside us. Yes. You mentioned in your own case, the correlation or wait, maybe we can be as bold as calling it a relationship between your diet you know, the food and drinks intake with inflammation. Can you tell us a bit more about what types of foods or we can even touch on the topic of alcohol later in terms of how that could slowly build up inflammation in our bodies? Absolutely. So to me, the number one food we need to avoid is sugar. Sugar is very highly inflammatory mm -hmm. um, and causes a host of problems. I believe sugar is what caused my dad's heart attack instead of what most people tend to believe is fat. Um, he ate a mm -hmm. lot of sugar and so did I. I was a sugarholic <laughs> is what I call it. Um, and so I believe sugar is number one. Also, you know, any kind of artificial colors, dyes, additives, MSG, of course, um, your trans fats, your bad fats. I believe gluten is a contributor. Artificial sweeteners like aspartame, circulose, you know, the, Anything that's not whole, real, natural mm. food. Mm. And I think you're in the States. And one big difference between the States and the UK is that we don't really have a lot of high fructose corn syrup. You're lucky. <laughs> and is that also one of the ingredients that people should watch out for? Absolutely. Yes. You're very lucky you don't have that there. It's in a lot of our processed foods because it's cheap mm -hmm. and it's made from genetically modified corn that's been heated to such high temperatures that it turns into a syrup form and the body mm -hmm. to me I just think the body doesn't know what to do with it it doesn't know how to properly digest it and it ends up turning it into mm -hmm. inflammation and it turns it out into our blood and our body. So Jamie we talked about certain artificial ingredients or sometimes you know sugar doesn't have to be artificial but these ingredients in our food and drinks that could lead to inflammation over time, what is what actually happens to our bodies when we have things like aspartame, you know, you mentioned which is, is in Coke Zero, I believe, mm -hmm. or yeah. Diet Coke. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. So at one time I was actually drinking six Diet Cokes a day. I'm embarrassed to Mm. say, and my memory was horrible. My joint pain was horrible. My opinion is that when we eat what I call, um, artificial food or chemicals that that Mm -hmm. they're not natural foods. Our bodies are meant to digest. Our bodies don't know really how to digest them and what to properly do with them. So I believe that it ends up the food can create leaky gut because Mm -hmm. we don't know how to digest it properly and use it correctly. And when you Mm -hmm. have leaky gut, you know, a whole host of things happens. Then we lose our nutrients, Um, it starts to thicken our blood and just overall, it makes us ill. Mm. I mean, it's just, we're not able to absorb our nutrients properly is what I think happens. Mm, That makes sense. And, and, um, on the topic of alcohol, I guess, um, especially as we're recording this right now, we are still deep in the midst of COVID times. Um, a lot of people would have been drinking more. And certainly I've heard of, you know, in fact, yesterday I was on this um, online conference on nutrition and they were mentioning how while more people are cooking more at home, so chances are they are cooking fresh food more, they are also eating more and snacking more and drinking more. So in effect, the two have cancelled each other out. Mm. And is alcohol something that has a direct relation as well to inflammation? Yes, in excess, absolutely. Because whenever you drink alcohol, your liver wants to burn that out of your body first. That's the first thing Mm. it goes after to remove from your body. So while it's burning the alcohol, it's not able to remove other toxins from your body or the fat that you want to burn also most of the time. Mm -hmm. So alcohol is one of those top, items on the inflammatory food list okay um so it's it's definitely you know maybe one drink now and then but it it definitely doesn't need to become a habit and be done in excess you mentioned you know you had diagnoses like lupus and i guess what i would like to know is these symptoms or other illnesses caused by inflammation are they reversible you know for me they have been. Um, mm. I have regular blood tests. Everything looks great, better than it did way back in my 20s and 30s. I feel mm-hmm. better now at 54 than I ever felt at 34. Um, I have more energy. I sleep better. Life in general is just better. I mean, I thought the way I felt, I thought I was destined to die before I was 50 like my dad did. I just thought that was maybe part of my destiny because I felt so bad and now I feel Mm. wonderful. And, um, that's the main reason I became a health coach was to help other people realize you don't have to suffer. There are things you can do to, you know, maybe you can't cure a disease, but you can live more comfortably with that disease. For sure. And you talk about helping people. Do you focus on helping people also suffering from inflammation or are these people sometimes not aware that that's the reason for their not feeling well? Many times they're not aware. They just think that they have pain, low energy. And a lot of times they come to me because they want to lose weight. That's, Mm -hmm. that's their first motive. But I always say, Extra weight is a symptom of what's really going on on the inside. If we fix the inside and get the Mm -hmm. inside healthy, the weight comes as a bonus to me. Mm. And would you mind sharing with us, I guess, you know, the journey of 
recovery of maybe some of the people you've helped? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, we start off, they usually tell me they want to lose 10, 20, 30 pounds, some, some more. Um, Mm. And then we start talking about how they're eating and I start educating them on proper nutrition and food. And it's just amazing to see some of the results. Um, One person for the first time since she was 18 got under um, 200 pounds and started feeling wonderful. Um, Another Mm. one actually had fibromyalgia and was in a lot of pain didn't really want to get out and do much. And once we got her started eating good whole food and we eliminated the sugar, she was just astonished at how her pain decreased. Um, She was able to go out and hike with her husband and do things she never thought that she would be doing again. And um, another client had some um, cognitive issues, actually had a brain injury. And once she cleaned up her eating habits and she actually went on the a healthy, a very healthy, clean keto mm-hmm. diet, um, she started using ketones for fuel for her blood, brain instead of glucose. Mm-hmm. And her progress was just so much faster, I think, than it would have been if she had not changed her diet. That's amazing. I mean, that's kind of why we do what we do, right? To mm-hmm. help people with their health problems and really change their lives. To me, I guess when I think about inflammation, um, you know, like you said at the beginning, when you have a cut and then it gets an inflammation, it is actually your body trying to heal itself, Mm -hmm. right? And I've even heard, um, I think in a documentary that I watched, I'll have to find what the name of it is, but in your blood vessels, when, you know, people worry about high cholesterol and things like high triglycerides and how your blood vessels have plaque. And I've actually read that that is kind of the same thing that's happening, Mm -hmm. which is an inflammation, inflammatory response to something that's happening in your body that's creating the plaque and therefore creating all of these issues. But I guess on a more day-to-day sense, I would usually associate that with joint pain or maybe something like arthritis. Mm-hmm. Yes. And as a matter of fact, you talked about cholesterol. I was put on mm-hmm. cholesterol medicine in my 20s from eating all this bad food. And now my cholesterol is fine and my sugar levels are fine. Mm. But yes, I was diagnosed with a type of arthritis called ankylon spondylitis, which is where your neck starts to fuse together and get really stiff. Um, okay. And you know, since I've started eating well, my neck doesn't hurt anymore. Now, you know, I can't say I'm cured. I don't know that I'm cured, but I know that I have less symptoms and I feel so Mm. much better. Um, And, you know, medical disclaimer, of course, neither one of us can say that we can cure anybody or heal them. But Mm. I do believe with proper nutrition and a healthy lifestyle, they can feel better. Yeah, I think a lot of what we do with nutrition is you know I was speaking with someone um a couple days ago about this this is what we actually call health care it's not sick care right because we are trying to maintain or improve I guess first improve and then maintain wellness in our bodies instead of trying to cure ourselves when we're sick I love that yeah and um I think that's a pretty good philosophy to go by you know if you can maintain your health in a way that you don't fall ill. 
then naturally you won't have to then go fix it. Yes. So when you speak with your clients or when you help people, um, what are the things that you usually, you know, get them to really focus on? I try to focus on, first of all, mindset, right? You know, I think if you're out at a social event, for instance, or you're with just your family and friends, and you Mm -hmm. start talking about everything that you can't eat, you know, if you look at it that way, like somebody tries to offer you food, you say, oh, I can't have that. And you look all sad. (laughs) You know, they love you. They want to help you. They're going to encourage you to eat that food because they think Mm -hmm. it'll make you happy. So I encourage clients to say, um, oh, you know, I'm not going to have that. I'm going to have this instead because I'm eating healthy Mm -hmm. and it makes me feel so much better when I eat healthy. And I tell them, you know, if somebody really loves you, then they're not going to say, oh, well, we don't want you to feel better. So eat this instead. Mm. (laughs) But I think it's all about how you approach it. We need to think about what we can have. We can have a lot of great things and not concentrate on what we can't have. And do you still have your biscuits and gravy and sweet teas? I do not. Uh, well, <laughs> I do have gravy, but I make it with almond flour and almond milk and heavy cream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some um, biscuits that I make with almond flour. So I still have them. They're just a healthier version. <laughs> so would you say you're on a kind of moderate keto type of diet? Yes. And it's it's a very healthy keto. You know, if you do keto mm-hmm. wrong, um, it's not to me, it's not healthy. Um, it has to include mm-hmm. your vegetables and your berries and all the, you know, nutritious food that you need. You, in my opinion, you can't just eat meat and butter and especially from conventionally raised cows. You, you know, mm-hmm. you have to have the healthy food. And I guess maybe this is taking away from inflammation a little bit, but I'm really interested to talk to you a little bit about keto and your views on it. I know that, like you said, it's very easy for people to do keto wrong. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean people who think it's a free pass to eat all the bacon you want, um, have everything in butter and cream, and it's it's not going to be healthy, right, if you do Mm -hmm. it that way. But I've also heard concerns from maybe people who are a little bit older with that high level, you know, those high levels of fats, even if it's healthy fats, because I think a lot of older people try to actually monitor their fat because the levels of triglycerides, cholesterol, it's something that's been drilled into us that these numbers, you know, these indicators should be kept low. So would you say keto is still moderate keto? Is that still suitable for people with such concerns? I believe so. As long as you keep the sugar out of your diet and you do the healthy fats and the whole food fat, avocado, for instance, mm-hmm. a very healthy fat, um, but not loading up on butter and cheese and dairy and red meat. They need to be, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, I advise my clients to eat salmon twice a week. Um, Mm -hmm. If you look at um, cultures that eat high amounts of fish, they don't have problems with inflammation or heart disease like we Mm. do um, when we eat a lot of red meat or other things like that. Okay, that's good to know, because I think as with a lot of these named Let's not call them diets. Let's call them ways Mm -hmm. of eating. I think it's quite easy to go kind of on the wrong path on any of them. Mm -hmm. 
right? I've heard of people really struggling actually to try things like the paleo diet um, because if you go by the strictest sense, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have people who you know choose to go on a vegan diet, and I think that's an interesting point where being a whole food vegan, I think, is quite different from being a you know eat what I call made up food mm-hmm. vegans. Um, and sometimes I just wonder if these um, manufactured vegan products may cause other health problems for us in the long term. Mm-hmm. I think so. And I, and I advise my clients to not to go out, you know, a lot and buy a lot of um, foods that are packaged and labeled, you know, keto or even gluten free, right? Because a lot of times when they take the gluten out, they add a lot of sugar to make it taste better. So you really have to read your ingredients and be aware of, of what you're eating. And whole food is always best. I always say less than five ingredients whenever possible. Mm-hmm. And preferably ones you can pronounce. Yes. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to share with us on the topic of inflammation? Just everyone's unique, right? And, and you mentioned how I don't like to say the word diet either. I like to say a way of eating or a lifestyle. And everyone has to find what works for them best. And I know we talked when we, we talked earlier about, you know, you look at it that way too. Each client is unique and they need to find what works best for them as far as their lifestyle and what works best for their body. And I think it's important that people start to be more intuitive about what they're eating and consuming and paying really attention Mm -hmm. to how it makes them feel. This is very interesting that by the time this comes out, I would have had a couple of guest episodes as well. And talking to other future guests, this is the one theme that has been very consistent. We are, it doesn't matter what school of thought in nutrition you come from it seems like we are really just trying to get everyone to be more connected with themselves mm-hmm. actually understand what your body needs and not only be fooled by marketing labels um you know one of the things that i found um i think i covered it actually in one of my first few episodes is that at least in the uk when something is called multi-grain, that's all it means. It means it uses multiple types of grains. It does not have to be whole grains, right? So that was a surprise to me. And I was watching a different documentary where they even said with the food industry, labeling regulation can be very exact. So it could say if it's less than 0.1 gram or 0.1%, then you don't need to declare it, mm-hmm. which actually means there are gluten-free products that are not fully gluten-free, which can be massively problematic. Yes. Um, And another thing, you know, for listeners in the UK, you would know that there is a sugar tax in the UK. Um, And I have mixed feelings about it because I read this very well-written statement that the more exact food regulations are, the more loopholes there are Mm. for manufacturers to get through. Oh, wow. And it's a bit of a conundrum because really, you know, I agree with regulations on the industry because, you know, you need some kind of standards. Mm-hmm. But then unless it's zero, as long as it's point something, that means someone can get away with something. Yes. Oh, wow. Very yeah, true. Which I think reinforces the point you made that just stick with natural foods. That's the simplest. Mm hmm. 
right? You don't, there's no labels on a carrot. Exactly. <laughs> um, so Jamie, great conversation on inflammation. And I guess just before we finish, could you give our listeners three actionable tips that they could go away today and try and feel better? Oh, wow. Okay. Only three, huh? <laughs> sure. I think the number one is to try to eliminate sugar and high fructose corn syrup if you're in the States, but just don't replace it with artificial sweeteners like aspartame, Splenda, those things that are man-made. Replace it with more natural sweeteners such as monk fruit, stevia, Mm -hmm. erythritol, even honey's a better choice, although that's not my favorite due to the high glycemic index, but it's still better than the artificial sweeteners. And Start eating grass-fed butter Mm. and grass-fed and finished meat um, instead of products from conventionally raised cows. Those cows are being fed garbage, um, in many cases given antibiotics and possible hormones. They're pinned up at the Mm. end and stressed, and then you're consuming that. And I believe that we get that into our body and it's not good for us. And then third, I would say always a good idea is to increase your water Mm -hmm. intake to hydrate. You know, I tell my clients to drink at least half their body weight in, um, in the U S we say ounces. Mm -hmm. So example, if they weigh 160 pounds, they need to drink a minimum of 80 ounces of water a day. I'll do some maths and convert that into. Okay. Figure that out. (laughs) Cause I have no idea what an ounce is. (laughs) I don't either. (laughs) Um, And finally, you know, one question that I love asking all my guests is what is the one food that always takes you to your happy place? That would probably be, um, I just had them last night, as a matter of fact, salmon patties, or some people call them salmon cakes Mm -hmm. or croquettes. Um, My mom used to make them with gravy, of (laughs) course, on top. And, uh, but for me, I find them to just be so comforting because they make me think of her, but I've actually reworked the recipe um, and replaced the crackers with almond flour and the cornmeal with nutritional yeast. And so I have a much healthier version. I feel like there is so much serendipity going on because I literally just had salmon this evening for dinner. That's great. It's so good for you. that's it for this episode of neighborhood nutritionist thank you so much for spending this time with me and i hope you've really enjoyed it and learned something you can take away with you today if you could take a second to share this episode with one person you think will love it that would be absolutely amazing and don't forget to rate review and subscribe wherever you're listening now see you soon